Raven. Hey, Campbell. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It is hot as frick. Yeah, it's been very hot over recently. Here, well, but... have is it? Have we continued the streak? I know it was like, was it starting July third? That was like the hottest day in human history, and then oh really? That kept going for like a few days. That's interesting. I did not know about that. Mm. It's just been, just felt like regular old heat up over here. Mm. I was in Virginia last weekend and I, when you're away from the humidity for, for like even a little bit. It does take you by surprise. It just, oh my Just smash your face. Mm -hmm. It was, it was tough. I'm not going to lie, but everywhere in Virginia pretty much has air conditioning. Of yeah. some variety, so it's Absolutely. Fine. Couldn't survive without it. But welcome back to Booze Ghouls. <laughs> welcome back, friends and listeners. How you doing? What you want to do? What, what you wanna, uh, well, what you wanna... uh, this we can say what Booze Ghouls is. I thought that's what you would like to do. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. Okay, welcome back to Booze Uh This is Raven and Campbell, where we talk about uh, musical and we... <laughs> Get a little, a little tipsy off a fun new cocktail, and at the end, we're gonna play a song from it. But you won't get to hear it because copyright laws suck. Sometimes you do. Will this be Sometimes one of them? No. No, it's Disney. It absolutely Unfortunately, not. Unfortunately, but it's still gonna be fun. We're still gonna have some goofs and gaffs. Um, you know, you know how it goes. So Campbell, um, let's let's get into our, our very regular and always the exact same segment. Uh, what you, what you got yes. for us today? We're going to do some learning. This, this, this is called, and I didn't think about it beforehand, um, Sake Says. Ooh, okay. that's fun. Oh, that's actually so easy. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pour a second one. Yeah, Sake's awesome. Spoiler. <laughs> I said it first. Sake says, round two. So sake, also referred as a Japanese rice wine, um, is a, well, Japanese origin um, alcoholic beverage made by fermenting rice that has been polished to remove uh, the the bran off of the mm-hmm. white rice. Um, and Raven and I, last time Raven was in, was it last time you were in town? Or I'm pretty sure. The time before. No, the time before that. Cause the last time, time before when we recorded our Power Hour. Everyone yep. check it out. Musical, uh, mu- movie musical Power Hour on YouTube. We went to this one place called Sake One, which was a sake distillery. And it was incredible. I love it so much. Learned so much about it. The sake I'm like using today for a cocktail is from there. Um, it's Yomi the Afterlife. It's a Junmai Ginjo sake. Ooh. And yeah, it's made in Forest Grove, Oregon. And I believe um, this episode would have come out afterwards, like the week afterwards. Um, but they're having their like thousandth batch being made this upcoming Saturday. And so they're That's having a cool. celebration for it. And I just, I don't know, I really like them. So That's shout awesome. out to them. If you're in yeah. Oregon or Washington, where you're going to be over in that area of Forest Grove, Oregon, you should definitely check them out because it's really good. They're amazing, and they do a lot of fun stuff. Nice. So, Campbell, what are we what are we drinking today? You see, we got some sake here. What's going on? 
Well, the cocktail I made goes specifically with this musical, because that's mm. what we do every time. That musical being Phineas and Ferb, Summer Belongs to You. Which, double feature episode. Love double it. feature episode. It was uh, the first hour-long episode. Originally, it was supposed to be a movie, but they had mm-hmm. to like cut down on the runtime and then like some of the plot sense. points um, and things that they wanted to do was move to the actual like Phineas and Ferb movie. But for those who don't know Phineas and Ferb, it's an animated musical comedy television series created by uh, Dan Povenmire and Jeff Swampy Marsh. They always put that in quotes in all yeah. of Phineas and Ferb <laughs> things. Um, so it aired on uh, Disney Channel, Disney XD for four seasons, and it ran from 2007 to 2015, and it's about stepbrothers Phineas and Ferb, and during summer vacation where they're trying to make the most out of it and they make these fantastical inventions, have all these adventures while their older sister Candace tries to stop them, tries to bust them. Yeah. And that's the premise of the show, which sounds kind of weird, but, and we'll get into it later. I don't know a TV series that has more bangers or bops than Phineas and Ferb. No. It's incredible I mean, the music in this show. There are there are other shows that like also produce musical sequences, and some of those are pretty good. But nothing nothing holds a candle to Phineas and Ferb. Um, I was really excited to do this one, and it was like when you when you said that that's what we were doing, I was like, oh my gosh, yes! Like that wouldn't have even occurred to me. But absolutely, I'm so yeah. I like it's something I'd like thought about for a while that I thought mm. could be really fun. Like yeah, it's not like a movie. Yeah. But it's an hour long, and we can do whatever we want. It's honestly until I went back to watch it, I thought it was a movie. Same like here. I, yeah, and then I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh no, it's two episodes back to back." but and so you can find it. Good job, Campbell, for remembering on mm. Disney Plus. And so yes. when it was on TV, it was just in one part, but I think they split it up for Disney Plus. That makes sense. For some so, uh, So the drink we're drinking, the premise of Summer Belongs to You, um, it's on the summer solstice and they want to have like the longest day of summer ever. So it's very like around the world in 80 days. Is that? Yes. It was the original around the world in 80 days. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of idea. And so they're going all over the world. This one is around the world in 40 hours. In 40 hours. Yes. And going around the world. So I wanted to make a cocktail inspired by like the different places they go to that's cool so this is the this is the the name of this cocktail is the drink around the world inator drink around the world inator oh you gotta have an inator because you have to have an inator it's phineas and ferb and so is it gonna have a 3000 is it an an inator 3000 uh maybe the next version Ooh. but yeah, because we don't know what this tastes like at all. I didn't test it. I just, like, made it <laughs> in my that. mind mind palace, in my heart of Love hearts. So, uh, some of the places, the main places they go to, they go to Tokyo and Japan. So, I wanted to have sake in it. Uh, they go to Paris, France. So, I wanted, like, some sort of French, like, liqueur. Mm, and so Saint I went, Germain's. Yeah, I went with St. Germain, so the elderflower liqueur. And so it was made using petals of the Sambucus Nigra from the Savoy region in France. Um, And each bottle is numbered with the year the petals were collected, which I didn't know. Um, And they're collected annually in the spring over a period of three to four weeks. And then they're often like usually like 
bicyclists like transport and like collect pedals along different points to like avoid like damaging any pedals in transport to ruin the flavor so they don't ruin the flavor so that's sick um they also go to the himalaya so um we're using pink himalayan salt um which is mined from the salt range mountains which is kind of like the south of the himalayas like in pakistan is like one of the like main places to mine it um and then they're also deserted on it island so there's some like a lot of citrusy related things so fun we basically have like a sake margarita with also some orange liqueur some lime juice some grapefruit juice because i know grapefruit goes well with elderflower and grapefruit also does go well with sake so i don't know i was have high hopes for this like i said like this looks like a very good like drink concoction like i'm very excited to try it okay cheers let's see how it is clink Campbell. I'm in love with this. I think that is the, my so favorite drink we've ever had. Good. Oh my, and you didn't taste this at all. That's crazy. No. This is so good. And I actually, so I don't love, I love salt, the salt rim. So I did a very light, like half rim. Um, but I actually do really like it with the drink. It definitely works. This is incredible. This is so good. Oh my God. I, I love grapefruit juice. I love elderflower. I found, so, um, listeners, I was not able to find sake because there just simply isn't any at any of the liquor stores or grocery stores near me. Um, I was able to find soju, which is a Korean rice wine, so not exactly the same, um, but kind of similar sort of vibe. Um, so that's very good, but I did also find one that is infused with grapefruit, kiwi, and elderflower already. Oh, so dang. It's interesting to try that with this uh, recipe. Because I love, kiwi is like one of my favorite flavors of anything. The boba place around from where we used to live in college, um, yeah. I would go all the, all the time. They would have the best kiwi slush boba. That sounds amazing. I always Ugh, get hungry I like, personally. I interesting the last video. boba i got uh i just got like a classic like thai tea mm. that was like that was also the last one i got because they oh didn't have God. honeydew that's oh so God. wild campbell uh, uh okay i'm having another sip of this because this is delicious. I, I put too much so, salt in I'm it have but too i like many it. Of these and i have so many grapefruits i'm gonna have too many of these i juiced all mine beforehand I juiced the largest because I have a really big one that I got from Matt. And then the ones at the grocery store, I was just getting a few extra. Um, so they were a lot smaller. So I have three of those. So I should have plenty. Um, this is but delicious. This is so good. Like, listeners, I cannot stress to This you. piss is if delicious. If you're going to make any drink from this I, season, honestly. <laughs> honestly, from our podcast, make this one. This is a good one. Yeah. Oh, I am so relieved because it's there's a lot Campbell. of there's a lot of pressure we put on ourselves, Raven. On it, well, because we're both perfectionists and we both have anxiety, and that's just it's a lot. But you know what? It's worth it because we get really good drinks out of it. <laughs> this is so good. You've outdone yourself, Campbell. I think so. And I love this for you. The drink around so, the world, Inator. Starting off, we open on their house in Danville, the tri-state, the 
mythical tri-state area, presumably based off the real U.S. tri-state area, which is New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Um, but Connecticut. we open up at their house. Can Connecticut. Candace is on the phone with Jeremy, her um, maybe, maybe not boyfriend. Mm, it's a little, it's a little bit of a situationship <laughs> right now. Um, but she hears this loud, like thudding, stomping noise. And goes outside to find the boys with a jump roping robot, which is just so cool. I love the things that they just like make come across. They're just like, yeah, let's just, we just made a made a robot one day. No big yeah, deal. And, and this show like has so many like you know like quick and like witty references. Like the robot yeah. is saying uh, is saying I jump, therefore I am. So like the Renee Descartes. Descartes. Yeah, yeah, I think therefore I am. Um, but this is also interesting how they open this. I believe it's the first, if not first, definitely the second time that the show does not open up with their theme song. Mm, I did not notice that. Yeah. So their theme song, banger, um, mm. banger, um, sung, <laughs> so there's like a fictional band in this show called Love Handle and yeah. the lead singer of Love Handle that sings like all of their songs, um, Jarrett Reddick, um, who is also known as the lead vocalist and guitarist of the band Bowling for Soup. That's Ugh. so cool. I keep forgetting that. Uh, but also, I found out today, he's also the voice of Chuck E. Cheese. What? That's wild. <laughs> what? So he sings the theme song to Phineas and Ferb. Um, But it is missing from this. But we are introduced to these characters. Classic fashion. Phineas and Ferb up to some shenanigans. Candace wants to bust them despite her personal life. So we have Candace (laughs) Flynn, who is voiced by none other than Ashley Tisdale, who we've had talked to on the podcast before. Sharpay Evans in the High School Musicals. Uh, She was in Scary Movie 5, Aliens in the Attic, Carol's Second Act. Um, a lot of people know her from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Um, she was also in a few episodes of Kim Possible. What Ashley Tisdale does with this series... Amazing. Unmatched. Fair. It's... Uh, yeah. I, I hope she's really proud of herself for this role. Because <laughs> I'm proud of her. And I do listen to, like... Especially the song she sings, I listen to a lot. That makes sense. They get stuck in my head. Yeah, what's the... Um, I couldn't find it when I was looking up uh, my list for later. But what's the song with... Oh, Queen of Mars. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to replace the song on my list now. Ugh. You do, because it's on mine. Oh, we're talking about the... Let me get through these characters, and then we can talk about just like the music in general. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So we have uh, Vincent Martella playing Phineas Flynn. And Vincent... Um, also in role models he's played jason todd he was in the walking dead but he's also greg from everybody hates chris which is so oh, much fun I never yeah close to the other really yeah that's phineas um and then ferb uh is thomas brody sangster who's in thunderbirds or go he was jojen reed and game of thrones he's also like the main protagonist in the maze runner series mm. okay that's yeah funny. and it's fun that you know, classic Ferb doesn't have a lot of lines. A lot. He's very to himself. And I believe yeah. in this one, he may have had nine 
nine lines. I love that his voice is always so deep when he does speak. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ferb speaks a total of nine times in this episode, making it the episode where it spoke the most frequently at the time of its release. Um, the majority was when they're in Paris. Um, it was it would be later broken by Phineas and Ferb's Star Wars with twelve lines, and further broken in Phineas and Ferb the movie Candace Against the Universe, the most recent one with seventeen lines. But at that time, Ferb had a new voice actor. Um, and then we also have Jeremy, um, who is played by, um, where is he? Mi- oh, yeah, Mitchell Musso, um, who is in Pair of Kings. He's DJ oh, Monster Musso. House. But he's also in, yeah, in Hannah Montana is was, I think, his, like, main Disney show. Yeah, yeah. Hannah but, Montana. Oh, I, listen, I was down bad for Hannah Montana back when I was in, uh, high school i loved that show so much um too much uh who's who's her best friend in it uh emily osmond yeah a guy i went to high school with uh is engaged to her that's that so cool, cool. it's yeah. such a small world he was in much band funny. he was on drumline though much cooler that's um yeah yeah good guy. um yeah phineas and ferb i don't know i watched it a lot when I was in, like, middle school. Like, when it first came on, I was in middle school, I think. But yeah. the songs were just so good. I just kept watching it. Uh, and they are so good. And there's so many of them. Raven and I tasked ourselves with each coming up with our own list of top ten favorite yeah. Phineas and Ferb songs. I have I mine couldn't... in no particular order. Mine are also in no particular order. I couldn't couldn't do it. But I think it would be fun if we took turns, like, saying one. But I, I assume we're going to have a few similarities. A fair amount of the same, yeah. There's a couple on here I don't think you have on your list. I'm going to replace... But Raven's first. My first, Gitchy Gitchy Goo, means that I love you. Uh, it's classic, it's a banger. Classic. Have it. it was like love one it. of their first few episodes. I also have that. Okay. The one I have after that, Queen of Mars, which you just talked about. Which I'm adding to mine as we speak. Yes. Um, Which that's from the episode Candace gets teleported. uh, Teleport me to Mars. Tammy Brown, RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, And so she just like sings or I don't know. I forget how she becomes Queen of Mars. But she like, you know, gives herself a little song about it. And it's so good. Yeah. Your turn. Um, So I think it's from... The actually, it's not from the same episode. It's from the movie uh, Candace Across the Universe. Uh, Meet our leader. Oh, that one's so good. I don't. It's have like that a one. comedy. Well, a lot of their a lot of their songs are basically comedy sketches. Um, but it's an entire like lead up, the build up. It's just so a lot of vamping. Comedic. A lot of vamping. It's so fun. I love it. My next one: Happy Evil Love Song with Reba McIntyre. Oh, I don't have that one, but that's a good one. I mean, it's Reba. Reba, Reba McIntyre. Reba that's McIntyre. my Reba. That, that's my Reba impression. <laughs> um, my next one, City of City of Love from this movie. I love it. I so knew much. you were gonna have that. I don't have that yeah. one on my list. Yeah. Um, my next one, uh, Busted. Kind of Busted basic. Busted is my next one. <laughs> kind of basic. 
But Busted is uh, so good, though. Vanessa uh, and Phineas, so Vanessa, uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz's daughter, played by Olivia Olsen, is also the singing voice and the just voice for Marceline the Vampire Queen in Adventure Time. And if you haven't listened to her, she's also released her own music. Check it out. It's good. That's awesome. Um, my next one, Ain't Got Rhythm. That's a good one. I don't have it on yeah. my list. Oh, I just love it. I love, you know, I love songs that like incorporate, make music from the environment around them. It's like my yeah. favorite shtick. Yeah, it really is. You talk about it yeah. every single time. We're like, yeah, I, I we do. get it. Yeah. There's <laughs> trash collection is like the song. Like, it's fine, Raven. My next one, also a Vanessa one, Not So Bad a Dad, after all. Oh, that is a good one. It's not on it's my just list. Really it's just really sweet. Cute one. Yeah. And I like that song because in this, and especially this movie, um, Dr. Doofenshmirtz is always, like, framed as, like, a horrible father. But we also yeah. see his childhood, which is, like, horribly traumatic. <laughs> it all started on the day that I was born. Both of my parents failed to show up. <laughs> yeah. And so it's very much he's, like, trying to give Vanessa, like, what he didn't have. And it's just, like, that song is yeah. a lot of that. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a cute song. Um, my next one, Ants in My Pants. It's just funny. It's squirrels in my pants? Song. Is it squirrels? It is squirrels. S I M P squirrels in my pants. Why did I think it was ants in my pants? Because that's a game. True. I did write it down from memory, so. Yeah, S I M P, the original simp. Okay, well, squirrels in my pants. Mine are I right also, then. I also had that. I um, like ants in my pants would be, I, which, I can't tell which one would be worse, actually. But continue. Um, my next one, Summer Belongs to You. Also on my list. It's just great. And we'll talk about, of course, that one more at the end. Yeah. But. yeah. Um, my next one, Disco Miniature Golfing Queen. Damn it. I have that one, too. Yes? Uh, yeah. It's so fun. So fun. On the cover of Disco Golf Magazine. Just, <laughs> again, one a bop. Like, this, this show is full of bops. Sometimes, when I have too much to drink, I'll, like play random Phineas and Ferb songs like on my phone while I'm in bed with my boyfriend and that's one (laughs) definitely play a lot and he's like stop but he did give me a PGA in which to play them yeah uh, he did give me a PGA um, like professional putter for my birthday last year so I I think because of it (laughs) that's amazing Um, Um, my last one is I'm Lindana and I want to have fun. I'm not sure if I remember that one. Because Lindana, Linda, their mom, mm. was basically Madonna. She was like a teenage pop star. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. yes. And then there I was like a, there would just throughout the show one of the gags would be that they would see like music or hear the song. Everyone knows Lindana, but it's just like they didn't know it was their mom. Yeah. And it was very obvious that it was. And then there's like a reunion concert type thing. Um, and then that's when we get the full version of that song. That's fun. Um, my last one is Alka's Going Down, the OWCA, the Organization Without a Cool Acronym. Oh. Uh, but it was basically this like West Side Story. You know, I love West Side Story. It was this West Side Story sl- uh, style uh, song where like they basically ripped it off. Um, I just thought it was very fun. Love it. Yeah, so that's a lot of similarities. Were there any that almost made the list? 
Um, so the one that I booted for Queen of Mars was Rubber Bands, Rubber Balls, just because it gets stuck in my head every All single day. time I hear it. All day. Um, yeah. The Bettys was almost on mine. Like, mm. Betty Be Ready or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Gotta play yeah. your Betty Bones. Mm-hmm. Betty, Betty, Betty. Ah, so great. many good songs. Ugh. Bangers. I like just watching this movie made me want to watch the whole show over again. Yeah, which I might. I honestly, I think I will. <laughs> uh, but back to the plot. Yes. Um. So yes. Jeremy is in Paris on vacation, mm. and you know, Candace is just missing him, and but trying to bust little brothers, and they come up with the idea with let's have like the longest day of summer because their mom yep. gets stuck in traffic it took like an hour like just to like go around the block to like get home if only there was like more you know hours, hours in the, the day. day and yeah they're like hey let's do that <laughs> yeah so they get the idea like oh like we'll build the ship and uh we'll like fly it around the world basically west uh, and follow the sun to uh or or precede the sun basically um to get the longest day and yeah. we kind of switch over and we see that doofenshmirtz is flying vanessa his daughter to japan to tokyo for a little father-daughter trip or at least that's what he's telling her for right now yeah, and so Dr. Doofenshmirtz is voiced by one of the co-creators of the show, Dan Povenmire. Um, he was also the co-creator with Jeff Marsh of Milo Murphy's Law, and they actually, like, worked on as, like, animators and writers on Rocco's Modern Life together. Um, oh, that's fun. Back in the 90s, and so they've, like, worked on a lot of similar shows. Like, Dan Povenmire has also worked on, like, Family Guy and Spongebob, and so they have, like, a long history of working together. And yeah. then we have, like I said earlier, uh, we have um, Olivia Olsen playing Vanessa, um, who's Marceline, also been Love Actually. Like, everyone, like, really does. They do need to check out her music because, yeah. I mean, everyone loves, like, Vanessa songs and Marceline songs. So imagine it's the same voice. It's same still going to be good. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, just definitely check out her music. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so then we cut over, the parents are there and they tell Candace like, Hey, we're going on vacation. So we're leaving you 100% in charge. Um, which I don't know if your parents ever did that, like literally go on vacation out of the country and leave the oldest sibling in charge. Cause mine definitely did. And it was no. an adventure. Uh, yeah, one, one year for my parents' anniversary, they were like, oh, we're going to the Bahamas for our anniversary. And we were like, oh, we're going to the Bahamas? And they were like, no, 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 We're <laughs> going to the Bahamas. You're staying here. <laughs> and so your sister will be watching you. Um, so this was hashtag relatable. Um, but they tell Candace, we're going on vacation. You're going to be in charge of the boys. And she's like, well, what do I do if like I bust them on something I have to call you? And she's like, well, no, Candace, you're in charge. That means you don't get to call because if they're doing something bust worthy, that means you get in trouble too. And they were, and she was just like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. And that's Christ like, is like big, like it's funny and like great story setup, but also a big yikes for parentification. Um, and, and sorry, Candace, that you had that much stress on you as a child. Uh, she does. Because, I mean, they do a lot of really dangerous stuff. Uh, yeah, they're, they're very absentee parents. <laughs> and so, 
The parents are voiced by uh, Linda, the mom. Uh, Linda is voiced by Car- uh, Caroline Rhea, who's also in Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, Mom's got a date with a vampire. She's in, like, The Nanny. Uh, but she's also, like, one of her roles I most know her from is Aunt Hilda. A Hilda hmm. Spellman from Sabrina and the Teenage Witch, the Melissa Joan Hart version. Oh, she's I on did Hilda. Not put together, yeah. Um, That's awesome. And then we have Lawrence Fletcher, who's played by Richard O'Brien, who was a writer, main person from a musical that we've already done. Richard what musical O'Brien. is that? Oh, that sounds so familiar. Um, I don't know why Camelot is popping in my head. It wasn't Camelot, was it? Mm. Was it animated or live action? Live action. Hmm. First season? Yep. Um, can I get a hint? Uh, it wasn't your favorite. It was. Which is shady. <laughs> um, it wasn't my. Wait, it wasn't uh, Marky Horror Picture Show, was it? Yes, it was. He was Riff Raff uh, Butler. But he also, like, you know, wrote yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's Richard O'Brien, uh, but he's also been in the Baron author. Uh, he was also in the 2000s Dungeons and Dragons movie, which I said because we both played Dungeons and Dragons, so that just seemed fun to mention. Love it. Um, so they call up all their friends. Um, they're like, hey, this is what we're going to do. They've already built the plane, um, which I'm always just like, where, how, when it's fine but uh so it's the day of the summer solstice they all wake up super early they call over all their friends and they're just like hey we're gonna fly around the world to have the longest day of summer ever uh it's gonna be we're gonna be able to get 40 hours of daylight you know like flying around the world or whatever and the plane uses vegetable oil so it's more environmentally friendly yeah we love that um so (laughs) buford calls cap and he's just like i don't think that's possible you can't break the laws of physics um even with your fancy plane uh and he's just even though you built this roller coaster twice (laughs) twice fully fully gone to space like (laughs) yeah no uh uh what's the word no support um yeah and so so, he like he proposes a bet that if they can't do it. They have to give up the rest of their summer plans and admit that they are governed by the laws of physics. Yeah. But... And if they if they do make it, then Buford's like, I'll eat a bug. And Finney's like, Buford, you would eat a bug right now if I asked you. And he's like, I want the bug. <laughs> okay, Pumbaa. Um, but so he agrees finally to like, okay, I'll give all of your bites back um, if he you actually stolen. do make it. Yeah. That he has stolen, yes. So here we're also introduced to some of, like, the main, like, supporting people. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Bobby Gaylor, who plays Buford, um, who's also been a writer for Spongebob and Jim Partners a Monkey, The Bernie Mac Show. Uh, oh my god, I love The Bernie Mac Show. Me too. Um, we also have uh, Malik uh, Pancholi, uh, who plays Baljeet. Who's been in Sanjay and Craig? Uh, he was in Weeds, but he was also in Thirty Rock. Raven, who was he in Thirty Rock? Who is Baljeet? Was it Jack's assistant? It is Jonathan. Oh, okay. The I was like, Baljeet. I kind of, I was like, I kind of hope it's like the only Indian guy in the show that's doing the Indian accent, but yeah, it's Tina Fey. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, then we also have Isabella Garcia Shapiro. Um, 
leader of the Fireside Girls and love interest of Phineas, even though Phineas doesn't know it, uh, played Mm -hmm. by Allison Stoner, who has been in so many amazing things. So many things. She's so talented. Cheaper by the Dozen, Step Up. She's also in Milo Murphy's Law. She's Opal in Legend of Korra. She's in, like, Voice Kyrie in the later Kingdom Hearts, Young Justice. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people first knew her was from Missy Elliott's music yes. video for Work It. As yes, the, I was about to bring it up. As the little pigtail dancer. And so didn't Missy Elliott, so like, talent. a couple years so ago, get, like, a Lifetime Achievement Award? And she got some award, Missy Elliott did. And so there was, like, a big, like, medley of her songs and stuff. And yeah, present day, and Allison Stoner came out and was, like, came back busting a move. Yes, but yeah, she's still very, an amazing dancer. Yeah, very accomplished dancer, choreographer, singer, yeah. actor. Does it all. Love her in everything that I've ever seen her in. Yeah. Um, yes, so then um, everyone's just like, everyone's like kind of kind of in for it, but they, you know, they are, aren't quite sure that they're going to be able to make it. So then we get a surprise. Clay Aiken and Shaka Khan uh, come in and... <laughs> Phineas is just like, yeah, I hired a stunt singer. Um, we get into the first song. I believe, I believe we can. We can. And very I inspir- love so Clay inspirational. Aiken, very inspirational. Clay Aiken is dressed up as Phineas. Um, Shaka Khan is dressed up as Ferb. I love that Ferb's inner voice is Shaka Khan. That's just amazing. It feels um, right to me. This is this is a good song. Solid lead yeah. up, short and sweet. Genuinely, just like a good inspirational, like rousing song. I love it. Yeah, so Clay Aiken, if you're not familiar with him, how? Um, <laughs> but he was in the second season of American Idol where he mm. plays second place to, I think, Ruben Studdard? I believe so. I, I do think Ruben Studdard won that season. But even though he didn't win that season, he is the fourth highest selling American Idol alumnus. Oh, I didn't know that. Which I, who do you think the other ones are? Obviously, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Carrie, Carrie Underwood. Probably. And then uh, I wasn't oh, uh, sure if it was Jordan Sparks or Chris Daughtry. Ooh, probably, it, um, uh, probably Daughtry. Possibly, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Although Jordan Sparks, I think, would be close, close yeah. after. Yeah. And then I don't really know anyone else. Um, I know Fantasia. There was, oh my god, yeah, Fantasia. Oh, actually, it's probably Fantasia. Let's see. I always forget that Fantasia got her start on American Idol because she's just a freaking superstar. Highest um, selling American Idol. Oh, wow. Carrie Underwood is number one. Kelly Underwood? C- Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood yeah, is makes, number one. That makes sense. Yeah. But I like Kelly Clarkson. And she's the I American love Kelly Idol. Clarkson and I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if she's up there, but it does not surprise me at all that Kelly Clarkson's uh, Carrie number two. Number so Carrie yeah. Underwood, um, with albums sold uh, 16389000 Kelly Clarkson, uh, $14,150,000. And then it's Chris Daughtry, as Daughtry, um, with $7,204,000. And then Clay Aiken with 5069000 I also really like, uh, I don't think he was ever going to make it into that short list, but like Philip Phillips and Scotty McCreary, I also really liked from American Idol. I liked Elliot Yamin because he was um, our pharmacist in Richmond. Oh, that's fun. Um, oh, and then we have Shaka Khan. <laughs> oh my 
um, who, yeah, just queen of funk. Yes. She's won 10 Grammy Awards and sold uh, about 70 million records worldwide. Is that, isn't she incredible? Icon. She's just like, I mean, her career has been going on for like five decades. Yeah. Um, she was, she's also the first R&B artist to have a crossover hit featuring a rapper with I Feel For You. Oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't, I didn't realize that was the first I, yeah, I did. I wouldn't have known that it was the first. Yeah. Um, so everyone climbs up onto the wing of the plane uh, and is kind of like swaying and stuff. And then the wing of the plane breaks. So they're just like, oh, got to fix that before we get on the road. Um, yeah. So they're off to a great start on this trip. Meanwhile, uh, um, Candace calls her. Well, I was no, going to say yeah. Casey. Uh, Casey. Candace calls Stacy. Stacy, yeah. Um, her best friend to like come over because she's worried about Jeremy being in Paris, even though they surrounded like, by beautiful French girls, and they're not like official official. And so Stacy is voiced by uh, Kelly Hu, uh, who's also been the Orville, Young Justice, Vampire Diaries. She was also Lady Deathstrike and X Two, X Men United. Um, which is a really good movie, and she's such a boss in it. Um, But she comes over, just trying to, like, you know, put her mind at ease. Hard to do with Candace. Hard to do with Candace. Ever. But then we... eh, Cutscene. Because, you know, what this animated television show needs? They need their unusual pet to be a secret agent. So we have not just a platypus... Harry the platypus. Harry the platypus. Yes. Um, so we see Agent P is in the control Voiced room. Voiced by D. Bradley Baker, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and he's getting a message from uh, I forget this character's name, but mm-hmm. uh, that Carl major... the intern. Carl the intern. I thought played it was by Carl. Tyler Alexander Mann, who was also in Modern uh, Family and Weeds. Ooh, nice. Um, so he's being t- he's telling him like, "Hey, Major Monogram is gone," um, and. Doofenshmirtz is headed to the annual Good Guy Conference that's happening in Tokyo, Japan. That Major Monogram is supposed, or he's headed to Japan where that conference is happening. And Major well, Monogram to be a is supposed speaker. to be speaking at that conference. Um, and he's just like, and that's sh- surely not a coincidence at all that all of those things are happening at the same time. Um, that's why he's the intern. That's why he's the intern. Um, so Agent P is rightfully suspicious. Um, and then we go over and we see that uh, Doofenshmirtz has collected the kidnapped and tied up uh, major monogram. And Vanessa is like, what? You're, you're, you're working on this trip. This is not a father-daughter trip. This is a work trip for you. And he's like, yeah, but like it can, it can also be a father. Like two things can be true at once. <laughs> Yeah, and so Major Francis Monograms, played by Jeff Marsh, the co-creator of the show. Mm, nice, nice, love that. He's probably one of my favorite characters just because he's so weird and random, and I love that his name is an alliteration because we know that I love alliteration. Yeah. So Phineas and Ferb and the gang head off for Paris, and the well, they're girls... about to, but then Candace mm. is like, "Get your ass back here! What are you doing? I'm in charge." But. Uh, yes. They noticed, Stacy was like, hey, Candace, don't you see this giant map on your house that they kind of like <laughs> tear open? And they uh, see that they are stopping in Paris where mm-hmm. Jeremy is. So instead of 
busting them, she she's going to go with them. She's an accomplice now. And Stacy is like, hey, Candace, how about you don't do this? Because this is a terrible idea among your many in life. I'm like, what a good friend. <laughs> what a good friend. Um, Candace goes anyway. Uh, and so Stacy's just like, fine. Well, at least stop by and see my uh, cousins over in Tokyo. So they head off for Paris with a stop off in Tokyo. And we get into the song J-pop, Welcome to Tokyo. Yeah. So um, they see Stacy's. Uh, grandmother also voiced by her um, and also a bunch of her cousins um, who the cousins are voiced by Elsie Powell but yeah this song is I'm not sure how I feel about this song well it's referencing okay so there's a lot about this song one they took lyrics in English like translated it to Japanese like Google Translate and then translated it back back to English that's why it sounds like this um I don't think they were just like, hey, let's be racist. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And so this song is kind of uh, parodies like two like internet memes. Uh, The first, well, they're both originated in like Nordic Europe, but the got very popular in Eastern Asia. Uh, The first one with involves a bunch of anime characters dancing to a sped up remix of the Swedish pop song. Uh, Caramel dancing, um, which is does that's what the dance they do with yeah, the with hands. The hands. Yeah. And then there's also a reference to this Finnish song, uh, even polka called Loitima Girl, aka Leak Spin, that Isabella does with like a leak. It's just like oh, another yeah. So it's like those memes kind of like combined. Yeah. Is yeah, what is song, being referenced here. Yeah, I think that the anime art style is like really, really kind of cool, like cutesy um, mm-hmm. sort of eyes and stuff. One of the girls, I, uh, the Japanese girls, was in the Gengoro kind of like style when they have like darker skin with really bright colored hair and the mm-hmm. like around their eyes and lips are like light colored. Yeah. Yeah. That's called Gengoro. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the song because it's kind of like, it's catchy. And it's okay. So, Welcome to Tokyo and Rubber Bands, the other song we're going to get into soon, are both very intentionally very catchy in like headworm, like brain earworm type of songs. But for some reason, Welcome to Tokyo is so much more annoying to me. <laughs> like, I don't know is if it it's the like voice? The sort of electronica beat or, um, I mean, yeah, I don't love like super high voices like that, but. I don't, I don't know. It's just something about the song just irks me. <laughs> yeah. And so the, yeah, the art style kind of changes to be like that anime, like manga, like yeah. 90s version kind of style. Um, and so they need to fuel up here and uh, Stacy's grandma, her, oil. yeah, has a lot of tempura oil for her wow. uh, restaurant. Yeah. Bachan, which is Japanese for um, grandma. Oh, that's cute. Um, As they leave, Candace is just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> now that we're okay? going to get another drink. Kayla, do you remember being back in like third grade and having like music class and learning to play the recorder and like hot cross buns? Fun fact. So, you know, I know 
a lot of wind instruments. I physically was mm-hmm. not able to play the recorder. My teacher told me just to stand there at the concert. But yeah, I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs> that's so. Wait, that's so. That's so sad. It's okay. I can play the bassoon. I've gotten over it. I don't feel bad about it. That's fair, I suppose. Okay, well, we'll we'll move on. Put a pin in that. Um, put put a pin in that. Boop. Um. So. Unfortunately enough, uh, there are students all across the country that have never before had a general music education class and don't have the ability or the opportunity to access music education um, and get the chance to learn tons of different wind instruments um, or even just the recorder. And that's why we are partnering with Education Through Music, which is an organization that partners with low-income schools in New York City to provide students better access to music education. Also, 53% of New York City schools do not have a music teacher on faculty full-time. So, Education Through Music also provides weekly music education by putting qualified music teachers into these schools. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons this is so important is because motivation for learning means motivation for staying in school. And a lot of the students that are able to be involved in these music programs report that they have uh, attended school when they otherwise would have skipped um, or like stayed in school when they otherwise like wouldn't have wanted to stay specifically because they were looking forward to music class or they were looking forward to ensemble um, and, and getting to learn uh, specifically about music. And you can support and learn more at p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. That's p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. Nailed out. Do you have an instrument that you've neglected and now it hates you? Do you have too much money and think, hey, this can go to a good place? Neither applies to me, but I want to talk to you about the Dodario Foundation. They believe in the transformative power of music and that mentoring and building communities through music can positively affect social change. 100% of every dollar raised goes directly to support efforts to get kids involved in community music programs, acquire and maintain instruments, provide college scholarships, and support new innovation in music education. You can learn more and donate at www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That's www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. Hey there, listeners. Pop quiz. Who was your favorite teacher in school? Did it happen to be someone who inspired a movie? Did that movie later change the world? Because that's exactly what happened with Mr. Holland's opus, the story of the profound effect a dedicated music teacher had on generations of students. The composer for the film, Michael Kamen, later started the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation in 1996 as his commitment to the future of music education. Today, the foundation works with schools nationwide to audit their music education programs, supply quality instruments, train teachers on basic instrument repair, and even offer customized consulting to make sure the school's program fits their students' needs. The impact of this foundation now ensures that hundreds of thousands of kids across the country are granted access to learn and play music in school, keeping music education alive and well. If you're interested in supporting their mission, you can donate online, over the phone, or even while you shop Amazon or eBay. Visit mhopus.org slash donate to learn more. Cheers. Cheers. So good. It's so well balanced, and especially for a drink that you didn't even, like, test, you know? You just kind of came up with the recipe. That's so good.
So well, you because usually when I make margaritas, I want equal parts like tequila and like whatever the citrus juice is, maybe a little bit yeah. more of the citrus. Um, so it was pretty much equal parts grapefruit juice and sake. And then I wanted to add the elderflower liqueur, so only half an ounce you is never all need that you half an never ounce. need yeah. more than that. Um, and then I wasn't sure it would be citrusy enough or... So, and I also like lime juice, so I just added, like, a little bit of lime juice, so, like, half an mm-hmm. ounce of that. And lime always goes well with elderflower. Yeah, and then I wanted something, because tequila is a little sweeter um, than sake, so I wanted something for, like, a little bit of sweetness. So, either simple syrup or hmm. um, agave is what I used. Yeah. Yeah. I used just a simple syrup. I didn't have agave. Yeah, I found some, like, blue agave, like, in my pantry where i keep all my tea nice. stuff i was like "Ooh, sick love that for you so they leave so, tokyo so they go to tokyo agent p catches doofenshmirtz um and <laughs> so they're on top of this building he has this giant crane set up with um this giant like water balloon basically um agent p shows up he frees ma- uh, major monogram uh and he activates the crane um and vanessa gets knocked off the building um, because she's like pissed off she was like you know what i'm leaving yes you don't care about me you don't care about me you spent this you you made this whole weekend about work um so she gets knocked off the building by this giant water balloon um but is saved by uh phineas and ferb's plane um and they just kind of take off with her yeah she was Um, like ferb because uh you know ferb got that dog in him yeah yeah he's got he's got the riz (laughs) is that what the kids Um, are saying now i've been seeing that a lot i'm not plugged in i don't i'm not hip i don't know know. listeners uh, if you know if you know what riz is um you can email us at musicals at gmail.com i know that's the word (laughs) yeah did he still use that yeah i deleted tiktok like months ago so i can't keep up with anything anymore yeah no drip drip is forever um so (laughs) (laughs) so doofenshmirtz asks uh hp and major monogram if he can get a ride to go get vanessa and they're just like i mean i guess (laughs) yeah we also find Um, out that their organization uh owca is called organization without a cool acronym which is hilarious that is very funny i love that um so yeah so then we we cut back over to phineas and ferb's plane and we see that they're losing altitude because they did not account for the weight of an extra person so uh they crash kind of against a mountain yeah, uh, in the also himalayas t- in the himalayas yes. cheers ingredient cheers <laughs> One cheers of the cheers <laughs> i'm just desperate to drink more of this um yeah that's why i did that yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah so they crash against one of the himalayan mountains and sort of crash land, which is their, uh, so this is their first rough landing, uh, but the first of many. Yeah. Um, and we find out that Doofenshmirtz is tracking Vanessa through her earrings. So they are flying right after her, or right after them, trying to catch up with them. Yeah. And yeah. so Phineas tells them to be on the lookout for the Klimpaloon. Uh, which is a magical old timey green and white striped bathing suit. Yes. <laughs> um, that would you like to give we your just, like, best Klimpaloon? Um, 
impression? Um, Nightmare fuel. What the fuck is that, Raven? Why is it like a sentient bodysuit? I was like looking it up and I was like, oh, is this like an actual like folklore type thing? And no. No, Um, it's just something they made up. But there is like a separate episode kind of about it. And so he has his own origins and stuff like that. So basically the band Love Handle wrote a song for the Klimpaloon called The Ballad of Klimpaloon, which was nominated for a Tristy Award in the fact-based song category. But people are like, oh, no, no one's proved that it's real. So it can't be in fact-based category competition this is. Mm -hmm. And so then they go to, like, go find the Klimpaloon again after this. But it's like... (laughs) it's so disturbing um it's so so Valjeet uh then is like oh hey I'm pretty sure my uncle Sabu's place is near here um so they climb up a mountain and they easy easy peasy um and they see his uncle Sabu at the top of this mountain old Indian guy played Um, by Brian George uh, who's also been in Batman the Killing Joke Hotel Transylvania Secret Life American Teacher the Mass Effect series he has like a lot of credits so I was like let me pick ones that I know (laughs) yeah I I do that a lot for composers Um, but yeah so then he he's like oh uh, uh, I was it's it's good to see you I was expecting you they were like really he's like no we just say that to freak people out and I'm like love it Love yeah. making fun and of so stereotypes. he lives out there and he realized it like took forever to get places. So he brought his, he has a rubber band factory and he mm-hmm. brought it there. He Yeah, so that's inconvenient for everyone else to get to him now. You talk um, about environmental gave, impact. Like what is that? Listen. Kind of waste disposal. Yeah, the, manuf- the, manufacturer of rubber, the manufacturing of rubber is not eco-friendly. Um, but we get into the song that Raven had on her list. Rubber, rubber bands, bands, rubber balls. It's just so catchy. It's very Bollywood. It's, it, it's very Bollywood. I love a Bollywood beat. Um, so it's like full of, uh, they have all these Bollywood dancers. Um, I don't know what this particular style of dance is. Um, or if it's just like kind of random uh, little dance moves that they're doing. But it's such a catchy song, such a bouncy beat um, to match the, to match the, subject matter mm-hmm. um and i also love like i just love the little jokes that they have of like oh we don't make all these other things we make rubber bands and then at the end he's just like so what do you make again i love i love a good cliche like dad joke it's just yeah. it's fun it's so fun. this is the second song that's kind of like in this bollywood kind of styles the first um was in unfair science fair and baljeet and his family are the only ones to like what that were singing this style of music um, but the dancers of from like Bollywood, um, B A L I W O O D, not B O L L Y W O O D. It's like a joke that they have. Um, mm. They're they're the same in both the instances. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the song is any any fun stuck favorite lyrics you like from this song. Um, Mine is, uh, here we add the long chain hydrocarbons, the names of which I cannot pronounce. Because that's just relatable. I do like this one. uh, Or I do like that one. I like the, um, 
We don't make pianos. We don't make cream sodas. We don't make the zippers for your parachute pants. We don't make ice cube trays or ceiling fans. We make rubber bands. <laughs> so Doofenshmirtz parachutes down um, and kind of ends up snowballing down the mountain. Uh, but well, they Candace strat- and Vanessa are trying to like get cell phone service. Yeah. Um, they have strapped a giant rubber ball to the ship, which is going to be helping with their propulsion system. It's a bit unclear at the moment, but we, we'll see soon. Um, well, I think it's that their like jet still works, but they don't have wings. So they yeah, just, so they're they going need... to be, they'll just be jump. Like they'll like bounce, burst, fall, bounce, and like repeat. Yeah, but here's my thing, is that... It's a cartoon. It is a cartoon. (laughs) Good, you know what, Raven? That's a really good point. We could talk about the physics later as part of our discussion question, but I feel like if you're already in the air with this construction, if you, like, turn on your thrusters, you would end up going in a circle. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're already on the ground, it's, it's just not, they've had better designs. Let's say that. (laughs) Um, but we get into the song. So, so the, so the giant Doofenshmirtz like kind of land snowballs down the mountain. Um, Candace and, and Vanessa are like sprinting to the plane. Uh, Vanessa is like hit by the snowball and like lands on the plane and the snowball smacks them off the side of the cliff. They, like, fall down. And then a few seconds later, they bounce all the way back up. Uh, and they grab Candace. And they are on their way. Off to the races. Um, to the so, races. yeah. Then we get into the song Bouncing Around the World. Yeah. Sung by Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup and Love Handle fame. And they don't have the... See, before, they're like, this is our efficient path. Yeah. Now they're just bouncing, and it shows in the location order. Yeah, um, which I'm happy I, to read for us. Yeah, p- please, uh, I think we both have it up, but please, please, go ahead, go ahead, grace us. Uh, so they start in Nepal, like the Himalayas. Hmm. Then they bounce to Madagascar, China, Russia, the Baltic Sea, Abu Dhabi, China, India, Italy, the Netherlands, Russia again, <laughs> Egypt, Italy, Poland, Switzerland, Singapore, Australia, mm-hmm. then Australia to Greece. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Cambodia, Germany, uh, presumably Tanzania, like uh, yeah. African savannah, uh, mm-hmm. China again. Italy again, Belgium, France, Paris. <laughs> it really, like, because when you're first watching it, you're like, okay, they, they might generally be moving westward, okay. But then it's like, they get into, like, Egypt and then Italy, and you're like, oh, okay, they're getting closer. And then you see Sydney, and you're just like, what happened? What? <laughs> Yeah, it's um, wild progression of locations. In in this song, so this is also the first off-screen song of Love Handle. Um, and also in the Disney XD like preview of Summer Belongs to You, when the ship like got to China, the rubber band ball was just completely red. But in the TV version, it was multicolored. Um, 
So it wasn't like finished when the previews were going on. The oh, animation. That's funny. And so we see that in this song. That's and cool. This is really catchy because it's an um, you know, classic kind of like rock. Um a little bit of swing. I mean, all rock has like swing in it or whatever. Um, mm. but kind of like style. Mm. It's fun. Yeah, it it feels like a very um very like standard like montage kind of clipping from here to there sort of uh literally sort of song yeah yeah very catchy very fun um i love that you see they're like losing rubber bands along the way Mm -hmm. uh because of the toll this journey is taking uh so they end up crash landing in paris and all the rubber bands kind of like the the last ones remaining just kind of fall apart um around them so they realize like okay we need fuel and we need parts let's all split up to to make this happen so different schmertz we see has tracked vanessa and <laughs> and he's like he's like oh she's in Sarap. oh no she's in she's in paris that makes a lot a lot more sense um and vanessa meanwhile is stealing a scooter fun um so we get back they're splitting up we see uh candace goes off to find jeremy pretty much immediately Baljeet and Buford. Super rude to, to the very nice Parisian woman. <laughs> she's yeah. trying to like yeah. translate. She's trying to, uh, yeah. Which this... like help trying to find the hotel. And she was like, the woman's like, I speak English. Here's my thing. I don't think any French person would be that patient. They no. are not forgiving when you speak poor French to them. That's <laughs> oh, rude. Correct. Um, so Candace goes off to find Jeremy, Belgique and Buford are going to look for fuel. Um, Ferb goes with Vanessa to the Eiffel Tower, um, and Phineas and Isabella head off to look for parts. And we are at the end of episode one, part uno. Cheers. Cheers. Part two. Part two. So then we get back and we see that Candace is looking for La, uh, Hotel La but I don't know how to say it, but it I means uh, it it means uh, trash can. <laughs> Does it really? Yeah. Love garbage that. hotel, and sees Jeremy like hanging out with like people. He's on vacation, yes. and she's mm-hmm. like absolutely not. Days over. Distraught. Let's jump off a bridge, and then we see this you know <laughs> sad French song, in quotes plays mm-hmm. with this mime who like releases a balloon. Um, but then we cut over to Isabella and Phineas, and Phineas yes. is very preoccupied, preoccupied, just trying to like find you know things needed for the ship, and we get into the song "City of Love." Yes, this song. Um, so it's basically Isabella pining after Phineas um, and him just trying to MacGyver everything into parts for a plane. Um, so they'll like pass under an awning, and he's like, "I could if I took the frame off of that, I could, you know, I could I could do something with that." Um, can you use some rivets from the Eiffel Tower? That's theft. <laughs> That's bad. well. All of this is, is theft, and all of this is theft and vandalism. Well, he could have. I don't think he has. I don't think. I don't think that's even those would even be the greatest crimes they've ever committed in this show. <laughs> um, but I love this song. It's very like, um, like swaggy, kind of swingy a little bit, like. Like it's just a very like like two step sort of yeah. There's song. there's like a very emphasized beat in it. Yes, um, and 
can I admit something? I, when I was like in middle school, I, songs that I really liked, I got really obsessed with like learning the lyrics to all of them. Cause you know, I, I'm always a lyrics person when I listen to music. Um, so I would like write down the lyrics to all of my favorite songs in like my composition notebooks. I would have like notebooks and notebooks and notebooks of just song lyrics. Um, and I wrote down this one, but I didn't know how to spell Champs-Élysées because I didn't speak French. Um, and <laughs> She took Latin like a nerd. Uh, yeah, because my dad wanted his children to go into either medicine or law, and that was a literal requirement for being his child, was that we studied Latin. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I spent a solid 10 minutes. For some reason, I had my own laptop, I had my own phone, I don't know why I didn't think Google existed, um, but I spent 10 minutes trying to spell Champs-Élysées, and it's not correct <laughs> Uh, what was your do you remember your favorite version of it chump loser uh, <laughs> no no no. i spelled it like i don't know why i thought it had x's but i spelled it like x hold on hold on hold on <laughs> okay go for it like x i a in x i think i had like chance <laughs> okay and then and then like alizé <laughs> Spell it, please. For a a l i the alcohol a l i z. <laughs> Just taking some notes for the episode description. <laughs> I don't like you. Um, so listeners, that's not the correct way to spell that's it. That's so. Just funny. by the way, <laughs> um, I think what I think is like definitely very evident in this song, and I don't think people really talk about as much, but the talent required not only to like modulate and like have like a like a cartoon voice but also yeah. sing in that cartoon voice yeah because this is this isn't how a very high voice this is not how allison stoner talks yeah yeah she has a uh isabella has a very high like almost woodwindy type voice yeah um and yeah yeah exactly um and this is a this is a song, I mean, I'm by no means a vocal coach or a vocalist, but I, I, I believe this is this is a song that will require a lot of like breath control, especially to be able to sing that high. Um, and of course, beautiful vocal performance. It sounds great, and I love it. Because Alison Stoner is talented and amazing, and we love her. Uh, we see the Moulin Rouge in this. Shout we out to do. Dan. Shout out to Dan. Check out that episode. Um, this is definitely a lot more whimsical than the last time we saw it um, on this podcast. And yeah, and just Isabella is just like really just like distraught. Going through it. Going through it. Because she's yeah. seeing like all this like romantic stuff going around. Yeah, like you could get me a creme brulee. They see this cute couple out to dinner. Um, there's like this guy that's like selling roses. And she's just like, no, he wouldn't buy me one anyway. They're like literally on the Eiffel Tower, like overlooking Paris and nothing. Got nothing, nothing from him. Nothing. He's on a mission. He's on a mission. His summer depends um, on it. <laughs> so then we cut over and we see Belgique and Buford find a restaurant. Um, and Belgique is trying to ask uh, this man for oil in English. Um, and then Buford steps up and speaks in fluent French, <laughs> asks him for if they have any like leftover oils or anything. And they're able to get some um, that is snail oil. 
uh, which I don't know. Have you ever had, um, what's it called? Escargot. Escargot. Yeah. I have not. I've never tried it. Well, I've, I don't think I've ever been in a place to try it. I feel like, no, uh, we'll see if I ever do. If I, if the I'm a vegetarian, so I don't want it. <laughs> Fair. Meat is murder, Raven. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Uh... I just really hate plants. <laughs> Fuck them. So they get the oil that they need. They're mm-hmm. headed back with the fuel. Um, you see a little, then... a little heart-to-heart moment between Ferb and Vanessa. And Vanessa's just like, yes. I just like want to connect with my dad. I want to feel like I'm a priority. Everything's just like about work, and I'm always like the othered. And yeah. uh, Ferb, in all of his great wisdom, says, sometimes when you love someone, you have to meet them halfway. Yeah. Which is a little foreshadowing for later on. Um, which, oh, actually for right now. Uh, so, <laughs> Doof shows... Doof Still shows. later in the time sense. Technically, so correct, yes. Uh, it's technically correct. Best kind of correct. Um, <laughs> thanks, kind of correct. So, Doof and Schmarts right about then flies up with Agent P and Major Monogram. Um, and... Vanessa's like, oh my god, like you came to Paris to see me. Like he's like, I flew halfway around the world, and she's like, halfway around the world, you came to Paris and you met me halfway. And this is like her little, her little sign that her father like does care and you know is trying to reach out. Um, so she ends up leaving with him, and then Ferb heads back, and we get back to Phineas and Isabella, um, and we get just into Phineas being absolutely obtuse again. So Phineas is talking to Ferb and he's like, oh, did anything happen with like you and Vanessa? And he's like, oh no, you know, her dad came, you know, and, and she met back up with them. And he's just like, oh, you know, I just figured a guy and a girl in Paris, the city of love. Um, and Isabella is obviously Irate. upset. Irate. And then Candace Romance is a foregone up. conclusion. <laughs> Romance is a foregone conclusion. Uh, and then Candace shows back up and she's awfully discouraged. And Phineas once again is like, you know, I just figured a guy and a girl in Paris and Isabella's blood is boiling. How, hetero- how heteronormative, Phineas. How heteronormative indeed. Hashtag canceled. Um, although, I mean, yeah, because like Baljeet and Buford are alone in the city of love. <laughs> yeah, aren't they a couple? I haven't watched every episode. Honestly, could be. Um, So Phineas tries to pep uh, Candace up, uh, tries to, you know, get her back in a good mood. Uh, They manage to turn the plane into a boat. And just as they're getting ready to take off, Jeremy shows up and, uh, like, runs over and is like, hey, I saw you, like, you know, I can't believe you're here, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, And he does call her his girlfriend, which is a... Little, Even after realizing that he's being stalked. Even after, well, I mean, listen. He knows what he's who, who doesn't enjoy a little light stalking now and then? Shut the fuck <laughs> up, Brady. So, um, they are, they, they're taking off on the boat. He's like running across the bridge, um, but they're not able to kiss. And Candace decides to be responsible and stay with the boys instead of going back to kiss him. Which is like, I mean, sure, bare minimum behavior. Also, you like live in the same town, so you'll see him again in yeah, he's on vacation. Days. Yeah, like it's cool, girl. Um, <laughs> and then Buford quotes Voltaire out That's of nowhere. Fun. I love this this character growth for him. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah. They they realize that they're going to crash in the side of a cargo ship, but mm-hmm. luckily that giant water balloon from before perfect Chekhov's gun create creates a giant wave that can go over it. That wave, I think, takes that ship out. <laughs> he 
Easily. <laughs> Easily. Like, Easily. I don't know if that's okay. <laughs> um, the crew I mean, members of that ship. Because I don't think they're When has prepared. it ever been a bad thing for a boat to capsize, Campbell? Come on. <laughs> the Titanic strikes again. Um, uh, no. Anywho. Um, anywho. And so they, they make the clearing. Um, and they end up kind of getting stranded on a deserted island. Yes. Home to two, two uh, palm trees, some sand, and a muskox. And a muskox for no reason. Um, so the sun is starting to set and they have no parts. Um, Phineas is like running around like a chicken with its head cut off trying to figure something, anything out. Um, and he's pretty much ready to give up. Yeah. When and Isabella kind of comes along and it's like, absolutely not. I will not allow you to give up. Yeah. And like at the same time, we cut over to mm-hmm. um, Doofenshmirtz's um, Perry and Monogram. And Doofenshmirtz gets arrested because he's committed crimes. Indeed. And, and so Vanessa, Vanessa shows up just in the nick of time. With a... Uh, gun hair dryer as a handgun yeah and it's just like uh give me my dad i'll kill you and then they they book it out of there before they can realize that it's and, not a real gun yeah and so then they have a little heart to heart and doofenshmirtz like see you're a little bit evil and she was like okay guess a little bit she did steal that scooter <laughs> earlier she did steal the scooter earlier and like they don't know it does have a gothic a like aesthetic um true um yeah so isabella is like trying to pep phineas up uh, so that he can come up with a, a plan. Um, and he has... He, firm... he picks up a sponge and starfish. And he's like, we could do something with these. He's like, wait, you can't do anything with these. Just like, you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, poking we'll fun at his previous employers. <laughs> um, so he has Fur pull the map out. Uh, which is comically large. I love this map. Um, and he basically turns it into a giant paper airplane. What's up? Where was the tear that Candace caused in the beginning of the program? Mm. They did have a lot of uh, continuity errors that they actually outlined on the wiki. Someone, uh, someone in the continuity department wasn't uh, wasn't on it that day. Wasn't pleased with Mm-mm. how this turned out. <laughs> so uh, they fold him up into a giant paper airplane and then they take one of the remaining rubber bands uh, and fashion it into a slingshot over the two palm trees um, and then Phineas is like Buford grab the ox uh, and he goes and grabs the giant musk ox that is the big fat stranded. one that they insult and does hurt its feelings does hurt its feelings <laughs> um, and so basically they fashion this into like a slingshot uh, they have the muskox like pull the rubber band back and launch the airplane. So they just just stranding the muskox there as well. Buford finally gets to eat his bug. Hooray for him! Um, and also they... Candace does not want to get on. She's like, "This is crazy." And Phineas is like, "Car salesperson crazy or mattress salesperson crazy?" Uh, so they land a few blocks from home. Uh, but there's, of course, again, construction in the way. Yeah. The interesting and thing about this construction, it looks like the entire road has been, like, div- like there's a giant hole Like, there was the a huge road. earthquake. And yeah. <laughs> they, like, right before they flew off, they're trying to convince Candace to do this. It's like, no, remember what Clay Aiken Shaka Khan said? And she was like, I don't think I was there I for that I wasn't there. 
And then, like, they say this again. And and one of my favorite Phineas and Ferb's quotes is Candace saying, this better not be another Shaka Khan reference. <laughs> but they... Amazing. You, they had to see this construction. They, it took their mom an hour to get back home. And they yeah. have... It's seconds 58 away. 58 seconds. Yeah, to get home. But they realize that they're near Buford's house. So Buford's like, okay, I'm going to give everyone their bikes back early. Um, and they use that in a giant ramp to clear the entire construction site. Um, so Candace is like, this is impossible. We're not going to, like, we're going to die. This is not going to work. Um, and Phineas is like, you just have to believe, Candace. You just have to believe. And they fully and just. She's like, no, it. I'm not riding this trike. And then she, he, she, he's like, get on the fucking trike. Like, he, like, loses it. Um, and then we see in their backyard that the Fireside girls are, like, preparing. They're like, oh, they only have, like, a 10 seconds left. And they're like, oh, maybe it'll, ha- it'll help if we start counting. And then they start doing a countdown. I just thought that was really funny. I love it. Um, so they land with one second left to spare. Um, and of course everyone's celebrating their parents show up just a few seconds later and immediately go to bed, which I feel that now, uh, when I get back from vacation or from traveling, I just want to sleep for a whole day if necessary. Um, so they immediately go to bed and they're just like, y'all just enjoy the party. Um, so then they all party and we get into the song summer belongs to you. Which Again, honestly, I think we both really encapsulates list. like all of Phineas and Ferb, like what the show's about, and it's like, yeah, um, yeah. It also, you just it make also the most out of your day. Of Every day is new. Um, life's full of music, so you gotta dance. Like, there's just yeah. like so many, um, you know, a lot of good positive messaging in this, but the delivery yeah. of it, it's very. Um, I think it's like a similar tune to. You Can't Stop the Beat from Hairspray. Yes, it is. Um, and I, I really like the the tune and the way they switch up the tune when it gets like mm-hmm. the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, because it's very like jazzy in a way, um, which I think is why it kind of reminds of Hairspray a little bit. But also it reminds me of something about it phonically, I guess. Reminds me of Gitchy Gitchy Goo. Um, and a lot of their other songs, like I feel like it kind of has a a style that is reminiscent of some of their other songs in the mm-hmm. show. Um, and I think like, like you said, just encapsulates the entire, like the entire concept of Phineas and Ferb in one yeah. song. Really but it's uh, in the beginning, it's very much like Isabella and Phineas, like doing the majority of the singing. And then mm-hmm. Ashley Tisdale, comes I, I was like, my one note for that, I was like, Candace go off, go off. She go crushes off. it. Like she, crushes it. I love this song. Like, it's just like yeah. a legitimately good song. Yeah. It's, it's very motivating. Um, Listen to that in the morning. Like, you know what? The day is what you make it. Like, what do you want to do today? Every day is new. You got to believe in yourself. It's just, you know. It's time for about. your debut. I love that line. Yeah. Ashley Tilzo's part is probably my favorite in this song. I, it is definitely mine, too. Um, yeah. But then we also see Jeremy arrives. Shows up and gives Candace that kiss. A week that early. Why a did week you leave early. your vacation? How? Here. Did how you... did you leave? Didn't your parents, like, fly you, drive you? How did you physically... Did you drive you to Paris? Your whole... 
drive to the airport at okay. least can't come on <laughs> um but like maybe he can drive but i'm just like did your did your parents also come back did they just let you fly back did you have to buy a new ticket what happened like how how did you do this plot hole it's, and also it's the one part they, of this movie that i'm just how like, did, even so even so it. how did you physically get back fine. in time they just like they were yeah. using they well, were they using were... basically a private plane you how listen he broke the laws of physics. Yeah, he did. Arrest him, officer. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was so rude. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then we get to uh, where's Perry? Well, there's Who's there's the actually no, there's a couple of Paris. asides. Mm-hmm. And then the credits roll. It's summer belongs to you again. And then it's theme. Neus and Verb. <laughs> Love that. Um, so we have several songwriters, uh, many of whom are like uh, there's the creators of the show, uh, many of the voice actors. Um, so we have Dan Povenmere, uh, Martin Olson, Robert Hughes, Sue Perotto, Jeff Swampy Marsh, Jared Reddick, uh, Danny Jacob, Jennifer Hughes, Bobby Gaylor, and Michael Colrus Jr. So I'll just run down the list of songs to give credit to each one. So I Believe We Can was written by Dan Povenmere and Martin Olson. Welcome to Tokyo was written by the two of them as well as Robert Hughes and Sue Perotto. Rubber Bands was written by Dan Povenmere, Martin Olson, and Robert Hughes. Bouncing Around the uh, Bouncing Around the World was written by Dan Povenmere, Martin Olson, Robert Hughes, and Jared Reddick. Forever Summer was written by Jeff Swampy Marsh. Oh. Bounce Around the World was written by Dan Povenmere, Martin Olsen, Jeff Swampy Marsh, and Danny Jacob, or, and Jared Reddick. Forever Summer was written by Jeff Swampy Marsh and Danny Jacob. Sad French Song was written by Martin Olsen, Robert Hughes, and Jennifer Hughes. Um, City of Love was written by Dan Povenmere, Martin Olsen, Jeff Swampy Marsh, Bobby Gaylor, and Michael Colrush Jr., Follow the Sun was written by Dan Povenmere, Martin Olsen, and Robert Hughes. And then Summer Belongs to You was written by Dan Povenmere, Martin Olsen, Jeff Swampy Marsh, and Danny Jacob. Um, so it was kind of a sprinkle of all of them on each song, which I thought was fun. Um, Dan Povenmere had the biggest role in, in the songwriting. He and Martin mm-hmm. Olsen wrote a large proportion of them or were involved in the writing of a large portion of them. Um, but I thought it was cool how it was kind of a literal group effort like everyone kind of had a hand in writing the songs and i think that's um i think that's part of what makes uh shows like shows like phineas and fur but also kind of steven universe does this as well um a little bit where music is just very integrated into the show um and so everyone is kind of involved with the music creation um i think it leads to much more create creativity and like innovation in the music and i think that's also why it's such high quality of songs like i think phineas and ferb like the music is nothing else if not consistent in quality like i don't think there's really any like we have our favorite phineas and ferb songs but like i can't really at least off the top of my head think of like bad ones or like i've never really like even welcome to tokyo like it's just not my favorite type of song you know what i mean but it's not a yeah. bad song and i don't even ddr music listening to- <laughs> Yeah, I don't even mind listening to it. It's just not going to be one of the ones that gets stuck in my head or one that I like actively like re-listen to over and over, you know? Um, so I kind of really like the way that that songwriting team 
works. So uh, some of the reception, um, this double feature special was actually watched by 3.9 million viewers. So that's 20% of all children between the ages of 2 to 11 were who were watching TV were watching Phineas, like were watching this when it was on. Um, so I just think that's really, really cool. Um, significant. They did, yeah, so definitely significant. Um, so definitely like very well received. Um, also, uh, some of the songs were voted as like best songs um, with on the Phineas and Ferb like musical clip tastic countdown. So uh, "Summer Belongs to You" was voted number two. Um, in was City Gitchy, of Gitchy Love, you number one. Uh, ooh, let me check. Yeah, let's, let's City of read Love. Read through that list. Yeah, so City of Love was number six. Um, so number ten was Candace Party. Number nine Candace Party. Come, Candace Party. Number nine was Come Home, Perry. I remember that That's one. a good one. That's, that's a good one. Um, number eight, I'm Me. Like that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, love this. Number seven, A-G-L-E-T, where Aglet. everyone learned the word Don't Aglet forget from. it. <laughs> I love that everyone, everyone knows the word Aglet now from that song. Yeah. Um, number six, City of Love. Number five, Summer, Where Do We Begin? Fun song. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, Brand New Best Friend. Number three, There's a Platypus Controlling Me. That's There's fun a Platypus one. Controlling Me. Uh, number two, Summer me. Belongs to You. And then number one is Everything's Better with Perry, which was not the song that I was expecting. I was thinking it would be like, you know what? Our lists are better than that. Our lists are better. What can we say? What can we say? That. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, for our discussion question, I really liked the idea of giving you an option last time. So I figured I would try that again. Um, So these are two very different ones, though. So uh, first, we could either, I thought it'd be fun since this one is a little bit about physics. um, We could try to work out the average speed one would have to travel to achieve a 40 hour day on like a summer solstice, uh, which I think would be just like a fun little activity. Or we could discuss the role of children's media and like stimulating and fostering an interest in like STEM and creativity and just like intrigue around the world. Like I think Phineas and Ferb does um, and just like talking about these sort of concepts. One of them scares me more. <laughs> <laughs> Is but it the calculation I'm, one? It's the calculation <laughs> one. But, like, we would just have to calculate the speed because that would just, we would just need the circumference of the Earth. Yeah, that's, like, that's why I figured it would be, like, actually kind of easy once we. Oh, divided by 40 hours? Pretty much, yeah. You know what? Let's do that one. Um, okay, so. Circumference of. Earth. Earth. Um, but it wouldn't be the exact circumference of the Earth because there will be flying. So it's going they, to be. So what yeah, is so the what is that well, atmosphere? The, the the level. How high up in the air do people so fly? So typically, uh, commercial flights typically is between thirty three thousand and forty two thousand feet. I know when you're like flying up for just like skydive or something like that, you typically go to at least thirteen thousand, somewhere sometimes 14. up to fifteen thousand. Yeah, I think I did um, fourteen when I was skydiving. 
Yeah, so they probably would have been somewhere between like fourteen thousand and like thirty thousand feet, which we could just pick a pick a value. So let's do let's do thirty thousand then. Thirty thousand feet. Okay. Wait, how? Wait, we can see how tall are the Himalayan mountains? Are twenty nine thousand and about twenty nine thousand feet. So if we're trying to do maybe let's do like let's do like twenty eight thousand then. Twenty eight thousand. Yeah, so they wouldn't be at the top of the Himalayas, but they will still be on, like, the slope. Listeners, I hope this is fun for you. <laughs> I hope so. I thought this would be, like, a cool little thing. Okay, so... Let's do 28,000 28, feet in the air. Which would be uh, 8534, so 8,500 meters. I think we can do round. I think we can round here. Of course. All that much. It's a cartoon. We can round. <laughs> they're 8,500 meters in the air, which means we need not just the circumference of Earth. If we get the diameter, the diameter. We can add uh, that to do you it. want it in kil- uh, kilometers? Um, sure. Okay, the diameter. Let okay. I'm gonna give you the yeah. The diameter is 12,742 kilometers. 742 kilometers. So we're so going to have to add... meters is 8.5 kilometers, which means total that would be 12,750. Wait, where is the 8.5? 8,500 meters is how high they are in the air. Oh, I thought we were saying 28. 28,000 feet. Oh, feet. Okay, so 8.5. So then we also need to add that twice because it's the diameter, not the radius. Oh, uh, true, 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 true. So that would be 17 19. kilometers. 17, yeah. So... Uh, 12,759 kilometers. Okay. Yes. It's fun to do math again. (laughs) I say as an engineer. I did a lot of math this past week. Uh, Depends on the math. I did not. Um, (laughs) So, okay. So we have a diameter of 12,759, which means we have a radius of... Let me pull my calculator... We have a radius of 60, 63.80. I'll round. So 6,380 kilometers mm-hmm. is our radius. I mean, you could have just multiplied it by pi. The circumference is 2 pi r, or radius. So 2 right. radius is the diameter. <laughs> you are So correct. just multiply by pi. Yup. Yup. Okay, so that's going to be the circumference is 40,000... Uh, 40,063 kilometers. And then if we're saying, so, if all is going well, they they need to travel that distance in 40 hours. Yes. So just assuming they're traveling the entire time, we do know that they do spend... Well, the, like, that's why I said like an average, because yeah. it's just how, yeah, we could just do how much time. Or we could account we for could, the time that they're like in the yeah, cities. I, I feel like it may be like... Probably like a couple hours in Paris. So 38. Um, And honestly, I don't see them being there more than like 30 minutes, 40 minutes in cartoon time for Tokyo. I agree. So only like like a couple of hours off. Yes. And then so that's say that's like two hours, 40 minutes. So just like original jet fueling in two locations. So let's say let's round up three hours. So if okay. they have 40 so hours that's... total, that's 37 hours of 
traveling the circumference that we calculated. So that would be 1,082.8 kilometers per hour they would have to average to be able to make it all the way around the world in one super long summer solstice day with only two pit stops for fuel. The Okay, so TransPod, the Canadian startup that is building the world's leading ultra-high-speed ground transportation system, has unveiled the FluxJet, and it's a vehicle that can travel at over 1,000 kilometers per hour. Ooh, that's faster that's than fun. a jet and three times as fast as a high-speed train. So this is a thing we could, or a person could theoretically do. Um, Shorter distance. Money. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. That's fun. I propose, Campbell, if we ever become billionaires, um, instead of going to the Titanic site, I think we recreate Phineas and Ferb's. Uh, <laughs> I think we recreate Phineas and Ferb's uh, somewhere, somewhere. And then solstice. when we crash into the Himalayas and then get eaten by by the Klimpaloon, <laughs> I'm going to say, you know what, Raven? What a, what a life we've led. What a life we've led. As I say to your corpse, as I see this bathing suit going <laughs> nyang, 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 on your nyang. innards. <laughs> oh, oh, fun times. That was okay. a fun one. What are, we, what are we playing today, Campbell? Um, guess. Is it Summer Belongs to You? No. Okay. Um, hmm. Hmm. I'm playing violin. Yep. Is it I Believe We Can? No. Oh. Is it City of Love? No. What? Is it Bouncing Around the World? No. Is it Rubber Bands or Revolves? No. I thought I really missed hearing okay. the theme song, so we're actually going to play the theme song. To oh, <laughs> you know what? That makes that makes sense, actually. <laughs> uh, so be right back. Burb. Immediately wrong out. I didn't play an A flat. Okay. One. That's an F. Oh, on on the first med, like the pickups? Yeah, that's an A. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought you. Well, the downbeat of the second measure, that sounded like a wrong note, too. So I was like. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) And I was like, that is an F, man. I messed up a lot. Can we do it again? Play eighteen can, at all correctly. We, we need it. We need to do that again. I was squeaking. I need to get a new read. I'm making excuses for myself. Let's just do it again. No, I don't Listen, have to share this information. You are not alone. Okay. <laughs> okay. One, two, one, two, three, four. I messed up again. Do you, you want to do, th- do that again or? Let's do the whole thing. Yes. Let's just do okay. It. Okay. Fuck it. We'll do it live. And if you mess up this A flat in the beginning, we're gonna keep on going. Okay, Raven. <laughs> do you listen to me? Do you see me? 
Yes, I see you, but you're not going to hold us back anymore. I have my pinky on the right note. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. cool. Are we cool? Are we going to be cool here? We're going to be cool. We're going to keep keep going. It's cool. Okay. Yeah. We're going to keep going. Let's do it. Let's do it. Fine. Okay. One, two, one, two, three. Listen. I'm listening. Is that as good as it's going to get? That's going to be good as it's going to get because we've had a little bit to drink. <laughs> and we haven't we played have this before. We have had a bit to drink of a delightful cocktail, if I do say so myself. I think so, too. Drink around the world, Nader. Okay. I think that's like the first time in a very long time we've played uh, one of our pieces like the entire way through. Granted, it is short, but still. Yeah, I think the only other ones have been like just one pager well. Wow. Songs. Yeah. But have you felt about it? I thought it was just like really fun and like the arrangement I found and like edited a little bit. Um, I was like, oh, because sometimes when you have like songs from TV or the radio and some sheet music, it's just like you're just playing the same note the entire time. There's actual yeah. like, you know, really good composition of this song. So it's like easier to translate into sheet music for instruments. Yeah, I thought this was just a really fun song to play. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it felt like a, an actual like piece more than just a song, you know, made into sheet music, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we have now uh, reached the end. Raven, question yeah. for you. One question, mm-hmm. one question only. How only? would you rate this on a scale of one to 10? On a scale of one to 10, I mean, it's gotta be high. The songs are all bangers. Um, Welcome Tokyo is not my favorite, but it's not a bad song. Um, and it's Phineas and Ferb. I think I gotta give it like a nine out of ten. I think I'll give it an eight out of ten. See, I almost because, gave it an eight out of ten because it's like I love it, of course, and I a lot of the songs I do really like and like have listened to outside of like seeing this. And I haven't seen Phineas and Ferb in years, but I've still listened to some of the music. But I, like, understand that this was supposed to be, like, the first movie, so they had to, like, cut down a bunch of stuff for the runtime, and it did show. Mm. Um, And I just really don't think Jeremy should have come home from his uh, Paris vacation, so 8 out of 10. Fair. I'll I'll give you that. Because, like, Candace was, like, cool. She was fine. She was confident. She wasn't insecure. She was secure in herself, and she was just hanging out with her brothers. Because she just wanted the girlfriend label. Yeah. She got it. Yeah. And she got it. And then she also she, got that she, kiss, though. Yeah. yeah. But could have waited a week. Um, yeah. But, Campbell. Yeah. Where can you me. find us? You can find us wherever podcasts are found. That mm, be where's that? Spotify. Podbean. Mm, Apple Podcasts. Yes. Amazon Podcasts. Uh, iHeartRadio. Pandora. Uh, I need to fix the link so our episodes automatically share to YouTube again. Sorry. My bad. Um, <laughs> but... Anywhere that you can like listen to a podcast, you can find us. And yeah. when you listen to us, uh, we hope you like it. We like making it. Um, but if you like it, it would be really helpful if you gave us a rating, a review, a like, a follow, a comment, because you can do all pretty much all those on like all these podcast apps now. And yeah, just the higher you rate us, the more our podcast will be shared with everyone else and we are trying to raise a bunch of money for music education so i'm not trying to like guilt trip you but if you hate mm. children then 
maybe I can see you rating us low, but if you want, if you, you know, actually want to give songs to the youths, maybe you should like, you know, bump us up to a five star. Um, but if you have any comments, <laughs> some criticisms, some stuff you would like to do, some cocktail recommendations, you can contact us at our Gmail. That's boozicals at gmail.com, B-O-O-Z-I-C-A-L-S at gmail.com. Or you can DM us. We have an Instagram at boozicals where I Photoshop us into some fun stuff and share different nonprofit music education stuff. All our recipes are in our episode descriptions. There's actually pictures of the cocktails on mm-hmm. our Instagram if you're like, oh, that does sound good, but I just like, I don't know, I want to see it first. If you're one of those. One of those. More of a visual learner. Uh, mm-hmm. Go check out our Instagram. Yeah. End of rant. A. And with that, I shall bid you and all of our listeners adieu. And I will say the classic Parisian way to say goodbye, Raven. Janks Alice. <laughs> <laughs> As the French say, goodbye. <laughs>